From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Wednesday, September 13th. Does this ever happen to you? Someone's telling you a story and they drop a wild piece of information that sends the conversation into a fascinating tangent. This happens to me every time I talk to this guy. I'm A.J. Rogers, Thompson Springs, Utah, USA. I've lived in Thompson Springs longer than anybody still kicking. So that means basically my whole life. Just turned 70. Rogers knows a lot about the history of Thompson Springs and the Cisco area. He loves this stuff. He can tell you how the railroad operated there at the turn of the century. He can spin tales about Basque sheep herders and even mid-century parties at a reservoir that used to be. There are lots of used-to-bes in these places, like his very own schoolhouse. There were only two of us in first grade when I was there and two in the second grade. Mm-hmm. It was just me and this a Mexican kid named Gilbert. Uh, I could read Dick and Jane and their dog Spot before he could, so I thought I was the smartest kid in my class, but (laughs) I didn't take into account that he was bilingual, so I expect that made him smarter. Rogers has seven decades of lived history in Thompson Springs and Cisco, and for someone like him, it's delightful when he learns something new. And that happened recently. So here he is talking about the railroad in Thompson Springs, as he sometimes does. And he says he learned a tidbit. Just last year Uh from a guy named Hiroshi in Osaka, Japan. What? How did did this guy He knows more about Cisco, especially, and some about Thompson, than I do. And now he's building a uh, 1-164th scale Cisco like it was in the 1970s. Well, really? Yeah, I mean, immaculate stuff. See, fascinating tangent. Rogers pulls out his phone. This guy, actually this retired professor of design, is building a small-scale model of Cisco, as it was in the 1970s, right from his home in Osaka, Japan. Rogers shows me a photograph of one of the miniature buildings. Here's uh, the old um, the hotel in Cisco. Uh-huh. Now you go by and it's a pile of rubble because it burned down a number of years uh-huh. ago. Uh-huh. But that's exactly what it looked like. The picture shows a long, one-story, almost shotgun-style building. It has intricate detail, down to the weather-beaten air conditioning units. And there's an old Ford Fairmont parked out front. But I mean, right down to the paint jobs to the mm-hmm. every every board is one one-sixty-fourth of what it wow. was, you know. I mean, wow. doing it to the gnat's ass, you might say. This is the old structures. You can't even the motel. Hiroshi Nakanishi himself. I had to get in touch with him once Rogers told me about this project. And now he's taking me on a tour over video chat. This is about one quarter. All my friends are also here. (laughs) From this angle, I can see he's even weathered the roof of the old Cisco motel. It looks like it has wear from wind and rain. Next, he shows me a brick building, the Cisco Mercantile, advertising sandwiches and cold drinks, and a neon sign that actually lights up, reading Ruth's 66 Cafe. (laughs) Wow. Okay, it's all in miniature, but this is the Cisco of the 1970s, a place that was at least four decades past its golden age. In 1930, the town had about 100 people. It also had hotels, stores, restaurants, and pool halls, even a mechanic shop. But by the 70s, things were winding down. The town had lost its water with the loss of the steam engine, and it was even about to lose a steady flow of visitor traffic to the Interstate 70 bypass. But 
just a few years before that happened, a young Hiroshi Nakanishi passed through. His family? He was traveling U.S. Route 50 West from the Rocky Mountains National Park to the Bryce Canyon National Park in the summer of 1971. He remembers looking out the car window fascinated by old boxcars and abandoned railway stations across the West. American railroads were not in great shape in the 1970s. But it was all interesting to young Nakanishi. He remembers faded slogans on freight equipment, like ship and travel Santa Fe all the way. He loved it. I don't know why, but that's my (laughs) taste. (laughs) I don't know. Our family came back to Japan that year, so I missed the life in the United States so much. And when he was missing the U.S. back home in Japan, he went to see an action movie, the 1971 cult classic, Vanishing Point. Name, Kowalski. Occupation, driver. Transporting a supercharged Dodge Challenger from Denver to San Francisco. This film stuck with Nakanishi for decades because its high-speed chase route from Denver to San Francisco exactly traced his family's 1971 summer vacation route. So it became infused in his personal memory. There's even several big scenes shot entirely in Cisco. Nakanishi explains that once he retired, he began thinking about this place from his own memories and from the movie. He wanted to bring it to life, through design and historical research. By building a model of Cisco in the 70s, he's restoring what he calls the holes in his memory. So I decided to fill my holes to restore my life. Thompson is also missing part of my memory, but the Thompson still exists. And like the A.J. Rogers can tell us the history or stories. So the Cisco is the true missing part in my memory. So I choose Cisco. It's taken him at least five years to research Cisco. He's dug through census records, old newspapers. He knows everyone who grew up there. And Rogers will tell you that Nakanishi even knows what grades they got on their report cards. Part of his restoration is understanding this history. He's even found the names of Japanese immigrants who built the Cisco section of railroad. One of the recorded names? Nakanishi. Cisco is my means of paying respect to the place and the people who lived there. Because as Cisco has no cemeteries, monuments, or markers, the ruins are the only object embodying its existence. The ruins are the only objects embodying its existence. Nakanishi has finished building out about a quarter of the Cisco town site. It's about three feet square. He estimates it will take him two more years to finish the rest, 12 feet in all. He's hopeful that if people know the history of Cisco, it will help stave off further vandalism. The town suffered an even deeper decline after the 1970s, and a lot of abandoned buildings got destroyed by weather and by people. It's been called a ghost town for decades. It's seen a little more life in the past handful of years. The Cisco-based Home of the Brave artist residency has restored a good portion of the old town site and brought more attention to the history of the area. And that's what Nakanishi is going for, too. He's thinking of donating the diorama to the Moab Museum, along with old photos and papers he's collected during his research. That is, if he can figure out how to safely ship it all, from Japan. I don't maybe need any more if I destroyed my memories. 
So I'm making a diorama light, but strong considering the shipment. <laughs> As he builds out the town, he's still conducting historical research. He says there's a lot of information on the beginnings of Cisco, like the opening of the Cisco Mercantile and the hotel, for instance, but not so much on its endings. As he completes his restoration, he really wants more information about that. What people left when they left it behind. You can find links to Nakanishi's project and thorough historical research in the show notes of today's news. And that's the KZMU News for Wednesday, September 13th. Get your community-powered journalism weekdays on the airwaves at noon and 6. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. 